Everyone's got opinions when it comes to leadership, and let's be honest, how many experts do we all know? But where can we find real leadership advice that's not BS? Well, look no further. Welcome to No BS Leadership, where on each episode, we attempt to expose the gap between what leaders think they should be doing and what actually works without the BS. Listen in as we irritate some, inform others, and challenge all leaders to discover a better path to the leadership excellence we all want. And here we are again. We're so glad you could join us for No More Leadership BS. We've got this fabulous team put together and we are discussing leaders and the need to be the smartest person in the room. And I'm not sure if you are this person, if you've worked with this person or you've seen them from, from afar, but imagine that leader who just knows everything, always. You have them in your mind? I hope it's an imaginary human because generally most people don't get to know everything about everything. And that's the myth we're going to discuss today. The leaders need to know it all. And when we discussed who was going to run this show, I jumped in because being Dr. Sam Jennings with 360 Clarity, that all doctored up business brings some assumptions from other people, which is going to be the smartest guy in the room and or thinks he's going to be the smartest person in the room. So I want to uh, start the conversation because my point of view is that's far from the case. And to the point, people who are effective leaders tend to ask more questions. So I'd like to, to go around the room here and ask, uh, not directly yet, but we've got, of course, Jeff Pomeroy, Jeff McLaughlin, Jeff Dyer, and Myra Hall to offer insights and recommendations in terms of this leadership myth that the leader needs to know it all. What's your experience, friends, when you've worked with or seen or even heard of a leader who thinks they do know everything? Mm. How does that affect their team? How does that affect their leadership? And so if I want to call by names, Geoff, you already got some grins going. Please, sir, <laughs> share with us. Oh, my gosh. So I, I do a lot of work in education and, and uh, with other organizations on play and how do we build a, a positive culture. And I can tell you right now, that I have walked into places where the leader has let everybody know that they are God's gift to everything on this planet and uh, that, that that they are the the source of all that is good and well in the world. And every time I walk into one of those places, it is a miserable, miserable, horrible place. <laughs> it's just, you know, I had my my wife had a new principal come in and the, the, he stepped on stage for the first time he met the entire staff and everybody and said, I'm so excited to be your leader. I can't wait to share all the wonderful ideas and thoughts and the ways that we are going to change education and make this a better school. And immediately alienated everybody because there were literally teachers in that room who had been teaching longer than he'd even been on the planet. And the arrogance that he said, I'm going to change the way you guys do things because I know more than you. I can tell you that 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 place is still uh, it's it's a mess because, because he automatically assumes that he's the smartest person in the room and he lets everybody else know it. So there's an arrogance that goes with it that, you know what, he's not going to seek understanding because he thinks he already knows it. And mm -hmm. that creates a, an environment where people just... Eventually, they stop sharing. They stop showing up. Sure, 
they're there, but they're not showing up, which is a huge difference because they're not engaged in the process because they don't, they don't feel valued. They don't feel like they're an important part of the team. And it's, mm-hmm. if you think you know everything, uh, and there's, I'm, I've got some friends that are absolute downright geniuses. And one of the genius things that they've recognized is that they don't know it all, that the right. more they know, the more they realize they don't know. And so they have to stay curious and they have to remain in that state of what, what else can I find out? How can I make this better? Mm-hmm. And if you can ask yourself that one question, what, what can I do better for my team? How can I find out more? You've automatically started to go into the realm of other people make things better because we have different perspectives. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. So yeah. sometimes when I work with my clients, if they ask for feedback, I'll give it. And so I'll, I'll say a phrase or a sentence and say, how's that land for you? You know, something that they want to repackage and put out in a different way. So Geoff, if you were to take that same uh, leader with the message that Heath wanted to send, what would you recommend for a tweak to make that land better with the audience? I would change it to something along the lines of, I am so excited to learn from you and the years of experience that you have in this place. Yep. I have my own ideas and I'm really looking forward to seeing how they work together. Mm-hmm. So he's put together, you have your thoughts, I have mine. What can we do together? And he's created a team environment. Mm-hmm. And that little simple little humility. Little yep, humility. Yep. Little humility, exactly. power from the position. And yep. recognizing the experience. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Yep. Jeff Conroy, please, do you have uh, observations you've made over your experiences where leaders uh, were the smartest person in that room? No. Yeah, awesome. I have. Um, you know, I, I, I came up with my own saying years ago that says, contrary to my wife's opinion, I don't know it all, but I'll surround myself with people who do. And I, and I truly believe that. I believe that none of us are as smart as the all of us. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I think being the smartest person in the room is more than just intelligence. Uh, I think being the smartest person in the room also includes effective communication skills, uh, delegating effectively, uh, motivating your people around you uh, and uh, being a strategic thinker, looking at having a long term vision and being able to communicate that long term vision. Um, I did have a a guy uh, that came in and thought he knew it all years ago when I worked for the Boy Scouts. Um, I worked for a guy who to this day is a mentor of mine and I, he was fantastic. He gave me my first real, real opportunity to be a leader of staff and I appreciate him. And I, I he's one of the smartest financial minds, uh, that I've ever known, uh, to this day, um, leading a nonprofit. And I thought he was fantastic. And he got promoted to, uh, to be oversee all of the whole Boy Scout division of nationally. He was that good. But the guy that replaced him, the guy that replaced him, um, cr- he created by by not having by be, by being the acting like you're the most intelligent person or the smartest guy in the room, you are um, creating a culture of competition, and that's what he did. He loved the the almighty argument. He, you know, he called it, you know, the constructive criticism Let's have that almighty argument. Um, and he believed in that in, 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 rather than collaboration. It was his way or no way. And let's argue about it because we're going to get something better out of this because we're going to argue. And he just argued for argument's sake. And I always took that as it's a lack of trust and it's an insecurity on his part. And I truly still believe that to this day. Um, in my opinion, 
a, a real leader uh, recognizes their own limitations. Like I said, contrary to my wife's opinion, I don't know it all, but I'll surround myself with people who did. And I've made a hell of a career surrounding myself by amazing people. Can I do the financials? Yeah, I can do the financials. Do I like it? No. So I hire a finance director. Um, do I like doing case management? Love doing case management, but I can find people that can do it way better and spend more time on it than I can. You know, thrift stores. Do I know retail? Yeah, I know retail, but I can hire people that are 10 times better at it than I am. And 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 that's what they do. They know their limitations, they seek input and ideas from others. Um uh, and and by receiving those other ideas, you can make a informed decision uh, moving forward as a leader, which is what you should be doing in the first place. By being the smartest guy in the room, um, you're you're creating competition within the workspace of who's going to be your favorite, who's going to suck up to you. And we did. We had employees that did suck up to this guy. And unfortunately, I don't do politics well, and I left the Boy Scouts. <laughs> so uh, that that's. I just truly believe that being the smartest person in the room is way more than just intelligence. It's like I said, effective communication skills, effective delegation skills, motivate your team people properly and be a strategic thinker and be able to communicate that properly to your team. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's what and I got to say about that. Please, it is a great saying, sir. Very eloquently put. <laughs> we'll move over to uh, Myra, if you please. Give us your account of uh, situations, circumstances, or even just the stories. People have been wanting to be the smartest person in the room and showing up that way wherever they went. Well, I, um, I'm i trying to remember the guy that said this, and I, I'm not going to be mm. able to right now. But um, if you are the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Uh, you're just you, you're not surrounding yourself with people that can help you grow. And with with that being said, I have, oh, yes, I've had several bosses that were the smartest people in the room and did not have the maturity uh, that I have now and left a really good job because of that. But since then, I have I've reflected back and um, I want to take the side of the person that thinks they know it all for a minute. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to invite others to stay curious. Yeah, because nine times out of 10, that person that thinks they know it all is, is either believed a myth that they need to know it all in order to be effective, or they've had something in their life that they're fighting for their worth. And because um, as one of you said, there is just no way to know it all. There just mm -hmm. is no way to know it all. And uh, again, if you know it all, you're in the wrong room. So I'm not I'm not condoning the behavior. I'm not saying that there are there um, for, you know, this is where they should be, as in, in Geoff's case. I mean, obviously, he didn't have the skills. But if I was his supervisor, I would look at what was causing this. Were his skills to a point that he was still valuable if we could change this behavior or make him aware of it um, and realize that it's not it's not generally a case of overinflated ego as much as it is um, as is really protecting their worth. So when you see that in a leader, so imagine that you are serving a leader. And they are showing up in ways that is like you just described, you know, protecting their worth. 
what's one recommendation you might make to help a leader break from that habit? I I don't uh, for for the leader or for the the person that's that is required to follow, um, and 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 then I go back to Geoff's situation is don't take it personally because it's not about you. It's about that if you can recognize that he his persona, his way of acting is not a challenge to who you are, is protecting himself. Now, if I was working with this client, if we'd gone through the battery of of assessments and stuff, um, I, you know, I may decide this is not a good fit client-wise because it sounds like they need more counseling than than coaching. Um, but with that being said, you try to find out as much as possible is, is what is causing this need. It could be a simple thing as right. I always thought leaders were supposed to know it all. And then I find out, you know, I the more more I try to be that person, the more it pushes people away. And I just don't understand. Yeah. I just don't understand. I thought I was doing what I'm supposed to. And um there's others that think this is how you control the situation. They have a need for control. Um, so there's there's lots of reasons for being that way, but generally we will and and legitimately so will will um We'll push back. And mm-hmm. a lot of times we'll group up and say, this guy has got to go, you know, and and it's, it's very possible he's not a good fit for that situation. But if he is brought the skills to the table and could be a good fit for the situation, then and we just needed some tweaks, a good coach can really, really zero in on, is this a, a personality situation that needs some deeper help? Or is this just a misconception of who a leader should be? Absolutely. And those little tweaks can go a long way for sure. Yeah. Jeff Dyer, we've mentioned previously some of your background and looking at your history in the military, healthcare, finance. What kind of experiences have you seen where the leaders feel like they need to be or demonstrate themselves as the smartest person in the room and how did that affect the team? Yeah, good, really good questions, um, Dr. Sam. I, I think early on, I recognized that, um, and my first leadership responsibilities came when I was in the military. So we're talking <clears throat> decades ago, but uh, the the realization that I, I didn't know everything, <clears throat> even though maybe I felt early on like I should know. So I, I adopted the mentality that that I don't know everything, but most of the time I know where to go to find out. Um, and if I don't know where to go to find out, I have the mentality that I'm going to figure it out. Um, so, so that's that's the first thing that you don't have to have all the answers, but you you should have a general idea where you need to go to get the answers. Um, and then num- number two is, and this is from personal experience as well. I think I started out decades ago um, believing that, um, you know, I, I'm the leader and I, I believe that I was pretty smart and that's why I'm the leader and and that the, the people that I worked with were pretty smart too. So if we were addressing a challenge or an opportunity or or something in the company, I'd go, hey, we've, we've got this challenge. This is what I think we should do. What do you think? And I, I thought that I was trying to engage the people and, and ask them questions and stuff. And what I'd actually done, because I had given my opinion first, I stifled all of their input. 
um, because, well, the, the boss said he that's what he thinks he's going to do that anyway. And so it didn't take very long to learn when you hear back channel stuff that, golly, you know, he, he doesn't listen to us. He's always doing what he wants to do um, to stop making my opinion known known first. So I would say we have this opportunity, this challenge. What do you all think we should do? Here are the here are the, the facts as we know them today. And then seldom give my opinion. Instead, I would ask questions um, that that drew out clarity and, and purpose and those kind of things in the suggestions that they were making. Yes. And so my my opinion, we, we may actually have ended up at what I thought we should do anyway, but it it, it wasn't my idea necessarily, right? It it was the it was our team's idea and together we worked on it. So my my thoughts around that are is you know, we're we're leading people and we should make way fewer statements than we ask questions. Um, mm-hmm. Stop. If you're the leader, you're not, you're not, you're, you just aren't the smartest person. You, you mm-hmm. just aren't. What's and, that? You have two ears and one mouth, use them accordingly. Right. And so and <laughs> exactly, Conroy, exactly. And, and, and so instead of making statements, ask questions um, and that will, that will engage your team. And, and here's the, the uh, cherry on top of the whole thing. You'll actually end up with better, better decisions. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And Reach one of my favorite behavioral economics and behavioral science phenomena is anchoring. By like you just described, if you say this is an idea, you've established the anchor by which all other ideas will be measured. So people won't stray too far from there because well, boss already said, and you put the idea in their minds. Whereas if you said in your second iteration, what ideas do you have? It's wide open, and you yes. may get to a much better solution. But it started from an open slate compared to, well, Jeff's already going to tell us what we're going to do here in 10 minutes anyway. So just let's just get to it. Absolutely, Sam. And it's really simple. All As a leader, all you have to do is, is ask this simple question and it goes like this. What do you think we should do? And then last cut to Conroy's point and then shut up and listen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I always had the mentality when, when employees would come up to me or, or direct reports would come and ask me questions or what are we going to do about this? I would say, well, what would you do? Because I felt mm-hmm. that if, if they were coming up to me to ask this question, they've been thinking about it for a while. Mm-hmm. They've been thinking about it. So I want to know what you're thinking. I mean, talk to me. And, and that's where the synergistic effort happens. And, and the, the, yes. the better product comes in together. Yeah. They, if they're willing to come bring it to you, they've been thinking about it for a while. So listen to what they have to say. Don't just jump in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And this is um, maybe off topic, but, but a little bit the same um, employees would bring challenges to me as the leader. And I used to think I had to solve them because I'm the leader. And then what I learned, and it didn't take very long to learn it, um, is that when you bring me bring me a challenge, my first response is, well, that's interesting. I wasn't aware of that. Thank you for bringing that. What do you think we should do to address it? Yeah. And the first few times you do that, the the employees are likely going to respond. I don't know. You're the boss. You you're supposed to know. Yeah. And and that that got me to the place where, look, if you it's a, it's great to bring me a challenge because I can't see everything as the leader. So yes, bring me the challenge, but you also have to bring a suggested solution to exactly. that challenge. Exactly. Because if, if you don't bring the solution, then all you're doing is bitching at me. Exactly. And, and we, we, that's not what we want. We I we want engaged people that are not only identifying challenges but are also identifying um, solutions. Solution. See, and I'd have and same thing. I'd have people come to me and it's real easy to poke holes in things. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, what, but what are you going to do to fill the hole? What's, what's your idea to fill the hole? What, 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 what would you do? Right. No, I a hundred percent agree. With you. And there are those people that just like to bitch, just a bitch. Yep. You know, yep. mal- I call them malcontents, but you know, there's, <laughs> people, there's just people that are just malcontent. They're just not happy. Yeah. There's only, there's only one acceptable or one unacceptable answer to the question. What do you think we should do about it? And, and that answer, the unacceptable answer is, I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not it's, anybody. <laughs> right. Right. It's not unacceptable because you don't know. It's unacceptable that you don't know and you choose to live there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's oh. OK not to know, but let's go figure out what, what we need to do and we're going to do it together. Right. And, Absolutely. And, well, as a leader, if somebody comes to you and says, you know, you ask them, what do you, what do you think we should do? And they say, I don't know. Great follow up question. What if you did know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yes. Perfect. It, it allows them. Right. So you give them a, a second chance. It gives them a little more think time, but it also allows them to, well, what if you did know? Like, and if they still don't know, well, just guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right. You, you keep giving them the option to come up with more things. And it, mm-hmm. it's amazing what happens when you open up that world of possibilities for somebody who's probably thought about it, but didn't feel like they had permission to share because you're actually going yep. to listen because you yep. push them one, two, three times to give their feedback. And it, it's, it, can, it can change your world. And by asking you for to that point, go ahead. yeah, I'll jump real quick. Um, if people say they don't know and they don't have an answer and you're asking them to give feedback, what's one reason in your mind why they would have not been okay giving an opportunity, giving an answer or giving a possible solution? Well, I think one of the reasons they might not. Oh, is Jeff, Jeff, or Jeff, Jeff, or Geoff? Geoff. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, or Geoff? Jeff, Jeff, or Geoff? Um, I think oftentimes, if that environment of trust, if they don't, if they think that they're just going to get shot down no matter what they say, right? And they're they're not going to share. Um, mm-hmm. So you have to create that that vulnerability of it's okay. I'm I'm going to actually consider what you say, and if mm-hmm. you take, I mean, if you start with simple things. Start with little things that that are easy, like no brainers. Like this doesn't matter to my daily activities. What do you think we should do? Uh, but it matters to them. That's like great. That sounds like an awesome idea. Make it happen. Mm-hmm. Go for it. So the beautiful thing about doing that is when people will come to you and say, "Hey, I'm poking a hole in this," and you go, "Okay, so so what do you think we should do about this?" I mean, you know, you you and I have when it starts out, it's you've been thinking about this. So tell me what you're thinking. You're starting the process of delegation and creating boundaries because mm-hmm. they're coming to you saying, well, this is the problem and say, okay, what do you, what do you want to do? And they'll say, well, I would have done X, Y, and Z. I say, that's a great idea. Why don't you go ahead and do it? If that happens again, you can go ahead and t- just shoot me off a text message or an email saying I'm taking care of it this way, but go ahead and take care of it. So now you're setting that delegation parameter of, okay, well, now I've got my, my little worlds from here to here. It's getting bigger and and it's starting that, that trust and that and relationship ownership. and sure, ownership. That ownership in that yeah. process. Yeah. That's a whole nother podcast. That's right. another podcast. Sorry. Being here. And show and it's, it's not far off topic because when people feel like they can't give a um, answer or rec- make a recommendation, answers are decent. It's because they're talking to a boss who thinks they're the smartest person in the room. Boom. Right so, there. Yep. Why can't I share? Because you already know what you're yep. going to do. Why would I bother sharing yep. the information? Yep. And for people who have that kind of culture, we, we can describe it very easily in terms of giving the opportunity to think it through, give them a chance to be wrong. Of course we would, but we're not helping those folks. 
They're, they're doing it. There's the people who feel like that's being right and trying to backpedal from that experience where it's not about being right. It's getting to the right answer, no matter who brings the solution or even part of the solution to right. trigger the right outcome. Right. Well, and how many people did I have come to me saying, well, this is what we ought to be doing. My job as the leader is to absorb information and, and have a nice interactive feedback. I may not do your suggestion though. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. just because I didn't do your your suggestion meant that you were wrong. It just I added that that to my decision making process. Mm-hmm. And and Absolutely. some people some people take that personally. Like, oh, they don't care. They're not listening to me. No, I did listen to you. I did listen to you. And but this is what I weighed, and this is what I thought, and this mm-hmm. is the decision I made based upon the factors of information that I had. Yep. Absolutely. And there are so you you'll get those people, and and I know <laughs> I know Geyer's Geyer's worked with those people as well. That you, you know you're not you're not taking my suggestion. So you're not listening to me. No, I, I, I heard your suggestion. Mm-hmm. I just chose to go a different way. Right. And this is how it played into the decision. So Correct. it's still present. It's just not the way that you'd imagined when you shared it. Correct. Right. I, 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 you're right, Conroy. That, that's exactly how it goes. And if they come back and feel that way, then it's, a, it, it's on me as the leader to communicate more effectively that what the process was that I went through. So that why I came so to that, that decision. So that they know they were, you heard them, right? Yeah. 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 So as we start to uh, wind down this uh, wonderful conversation, I want to share again, the myth is that leaders need to know everything. They need to be the smartest person in the room. And what we discussed in part today is effective leaders recognize their limitations. They know what they know and they know what they don't and seek out the information to fill the gaps they don't know. Um, and I think uh, Jeff Guy may have said, you don't have to have the answers but you have to have the means to go find them. I don't know is okay as a start. I'll find out is the rest of that statement. And if you feel like you have to be the most anything, the most something in a room, maybe perhaps be the most curious person in a room. And Jeff Conroy just said, two ears, one mouth, use them in the proper ratio. Correct. So we are No More Leadership BS, Myra Hall with Waypoint Coaching Group, Geoff McLaughlin, Freshles at Play, Jeff Dyer, Phoenix Coaching, and of course, Jeff Conroy of Conroy Leadership Consulting. I'm Dr. Sam Jennings with 360 Clarity, where I help leaders lead leaders because nobody can hate going to work. And to close out this one last episode, friends, thank you for listening. Please go out and not be that smartest person in the room. Until next time, we are No More Leadership BS. Oh, wait a minute. We're not going to close yet because we need your help. <laughs> we need your assistance. We have your friendship. We have your, your engagement. We also would like your five-star review. Tell a friend, tell five friends. And if you leave that five-star review wherever you get this podcast, and you can also share a comment, something that you like, something you're taking back to work, something we should do differently, say so. Put it there, put it in our email, ask us at leadershipbs.co. Download those episodes, subscribe to it through your podcast device and friends, family, and new colleagues. I'm Dr. Sam. We're going to wrap it up. Thanks for listening. Thank you all. Bye. Letterbox.